0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Welcome into Brewcast and welcome into officially rivalry week here on BrewCast. Looking forward to it. Luke Yardy back here with you and joined, as always, by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. We've got a full show of stuff to get to today. Obviously, a lot to talk about with Michigan basketball right now, sitting atop the Big Ten standings and a huge showdown looming with Michigan State on Sunday. We're going to get to your questions in this show that you sent us on the Mazen Brew Twitter page, and we're going to have some fun with this one, maybe talk a little football spring game. Time and date was announced, but before we get to all that, gotta welcome in my co-hosts Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Guys, how are you today?
3: I thought the big game you were referring to was the rematch with Minnesota after the buzzer beater uh, from earlier in Big Ten play. It's not that.
2: Uh, quick question: When that happened, like, were you guys excited? I was just like, I, I don't think I, I like even moved or blinked or anything like that when Charles Matthews hit that shot because it felt it felt so bad to be in that situation that it was more like maybe a little relief than it was excitement?
3: Uh, relief yeah. is the right way to put it. Uh, I was working it, so it was just kind of like, you no, know, okay, cool, I can post the game recap now. But that was a game, too, where, like, and even this Maryland game from over the weekend that we'll talk about here, like, it never, that was another one of those games where it never really felt like the game was in doubt. I always just kind of felt machine was going to win it. And then, you know, even if they would have gone to overtime, but then Charles Matthews hits the buzzer beater. Uh, that was really one of the last times we had heard from him until, you know, last few games. So uh, maybe everything's coming full circle here now, who knows, but uh, we have a good weekend. You guys, you guys good on that end, everything. All right.
1: It was fine. Fine. On my part. Uh, nice. Nice to talk to you guys again. I mean, it's been uh this is, yeah, I mean, I would say the, I feel like we've been saying this, or at least I've been saying this a lot, but I mean, you could, in a weird way, it's almost as if Michigan season starts this week. I mean, the Big Ten standings are what they are. They're the exact same as they were. Uh, you're, you're essentially starting back at zero now. I mean, Michigan and Michigan State tied atop the Big Ten. You have it is the biggest week of the season and not just because of the Michigan State game, but because you have to go to the barn to play a tough uh, Minnesota team that Michigan had trouble with the first time around. So, uh, you know, good weekend. Glad to see Michigan bounce back. Obviously, we're going to talk about both the games that they played uh, this last week. But uh, yeah, things are things are really heating up and uh, in a big way. And it's going to it's going to start this Thursday.
3: Yeah. I think it kind of speaks to like the state of the program right now where, and this, it's not quite to this extent that I'm about to bring up, but like there are a lot of new England Patriots fans out there that say like, Oh, our season doesn't even start till, you know, the AFC championship game. And we're like, we're not that late in the game here with basketball, but we're at the point in big 10 play now where it's like, all right, yeah, you're, you're 23 and three, everything's great right now, but haven't done anything yet. And you've got some really important games coming up. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. I know a lot of people are sort of nervous with how Michigan's played lately. Uh, I still think they're searching uh, for – I mean, I'll save most of those takes for what we talk about, but um, overall, after after how the week started – it was a much better end to the week. And I think maybe a little bit of a better ending to the week than, and some people uh, may have I'm gonna felt. I'm going to be honest. Like I was
2: so disappointed after Penn state. Like I get it; is It's really hard to win on the road in the big 10, but at, at this stage in the game, you can't go out, you know, with, with how,
3: no, you can't lose that game. You can't lose that game. You, you can't lose that game. You, you just can't. There's, there's no, there's no justification. There's no, oh well. Every game in this conference is tough, and, and you, you can't like that's that is a loss that very well could hurt them, especially if yeah. they split against Michigan State or you know go back to Maryland or go to Maryland and, and lose that game. Um, let's let's run through the Big Ten standings here real quick. Uh, obviously, Michigan's at the top of it right now, twelve and three. Michigan State right up there with them at twelve and three. Uh, new AP poll, uh, the new AP poll. Say that five times fast. Uh, is out. Uh, Michigan's at number seven. Michigan State is number ten. So that's the that is those are the numbers that'll be next to their names uh, when when this game happens on Sunday. Uh, right there, Maryland, uh, excuse me. Uh, Purdue is right there below them. half game out at eleven and three. Uh, big win for Michigan in terms of getting a, a nice you know, putting Maryland two games back. Uh, they're right there at ten and five. Uh, I feel like right now uh, two games at this part of the Big Ten slate. It's probably a little bit much to overcome. So I think right now we're looking at a three horse race with And Michigan, Purdue's just uh, licking their chops, State
2: man, knowing it. that Michigan and Michigan State have to play twice. They're like, you guys are just gonna kill each other and we'll be the last one standing, you know?
3: It- Isn't that crazy that Michigan absolutely pulled their pants down back in December uh when conference play started, which is still weird. And then at the end of all this, they're the team that might be sitting there like that. That's the other mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that's where that Penn State loss hurts again. Like The only thing it really hurts is the Big Ten regular season title, which, I mean, is what it is. Uh, I'd rather win the Big Ten tournament, to be honest with you. Um, but hey, that it, we'll get into that.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with both of you. I think that the Penn State game was it, it was a brutal loss obviously because of who they played but and, and the quality of the opponent, but it, it just sucked because that was really an opportunity for them to it, against uh, as far as Purdue goes, gain a game and keep pace uh, as far as Michigan state is concerned, Purdue losing that same night to Maryland, Michigan state uh, taking care of business on the road against Wisconsin in the game, I wasn't sure that they would win. Um, and, and it made that mission mich- that loss by Michigan all the that much more worse, knowing that if they win that game, I think we're a lot more comfortable right now than we were a week ago at this time. And but uh, that, you know, they came out, it just kind of getting into it. Now I, they came out and played completely flat in the first half. Um, zero energy. They seemed completely thrown off by Penn State's uh, press at, at early on in the game. Offense, even throughout the game, even when they made their comeback, the offense never really had much of a rhythm going. It, it was uh, it it was shocking just how poorly. They played because it wasn't one of those games wh- that happens where uh, it, you go on the road and you play a team that just hits just all their shots and gets really hot. I mean, Penn, Penn State played a really good game, a game they deserved to win, but it wasn't a, an immaculate effort. Michigan just made so many mistakes, breakdowns on both both sides of the ball. Um is that how you say it in basketball, by the way? Both sides of the ball? Uh, both sides yeah. of the court, I guess. Yep. I don't. Both sides of the court. Okay, breakdowns of both sides of the court. And um, as valiant as that comeback effort is, um, they fell short. And and I brought this up last week about Michigan State's loss to Indiana, how that's a game that you look back on if you finish you know, tied or you finish one game back in the Big Ten standings and say that's the one that we wish we could have back. I feel like this Penn State game is gonna be is gonna be like that as well because I I don't think Michigan really is gonna slip up like that again and the quality of their opponents the rest of the way are are pretty legit for the most part so yeah that that's brutal um, they bounced back for the most part uh, on Saturday uh, against Maryland um, they got off to a quick start in that game but uh, you know we'll talk about that in a second I, I just that's kind of my assessment of, of the last yeah win moves, I, I think least.
2: it was I think it was a great comeback the the way they played Saturday you had to come out with fire you know if you were Michigan and they did just that they were up 10 to two obviously there's some cause for concerns a little bit with with the stagnant offense at times during games but I yeah, mean their and- defense is good enough to where you can where if they get a lead like that the chance of you coming back on them it, it really is pretty slim you know uh, Minnesota was probably the closest to do it on the year to be honest.
3: Yeah. At one point in the first half of that game against Maryland uh, jumping ahead now and was with about nine minutes, I think it was nine or 10 minutes left in the first half. Michigan was up 21 to six and absolutely rolling. And then the score at the half was, I believe 27, 18 or something along those lines, like amazing defensive performance, but they could only muster six points in 10 minutes of basketball. And going back to that the Penn State game just briefly here that was you know I've talked about before on here how I wanted to just you know we've wanted to see how Michigan would look in the losses they'd had that was a game where it just goes to show like when they're when they play bad basketball really bad basketball they could lose to anybody so um and on that same token like it was a little I don't want to I don't want to throw the Duke comparisons out there and things like that. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on, but like that same night as, as me and Sam were doing the post game podcast on all that Duke is coming back from 20 points down on the road at Louisville. I just absolutely throttles Louisville in the second half to work their way all the way back. Like that's a team that we've seen a lot of these talented k- teams with, with one and done kids just kind of like never quite put it together, but that Duke team has championship DNA the concern for me right now is that this Michigan team doesn't have that championship gear quite yet. And they need to get it because obviously the games coming up are pretty big, but uh, as far as the response goes, uh, you know, nice, nice gutty win. Uh, another, another really good outing from Charles Matthews, um, Chris's godson. So it's just mm-hmm. like, um, <laughs> it's funny how the narratives can change in just a couple of games. Cause he was a guy who was getting, you know, to, with all of the – there's a lot of Michigan guys that have struggled. Like this – this the sample size is large enough now where we can just say this is just not a good shooting team. It's not – like it's – this isn't the beeline team. That's all that's are. the concern. Yeah. That is where the concern is. Yeah, this is not a good shooting team, uh, and I don't think they're going to be. I, I think they are going to be a little bit better here. I think water can find its level. Uh, but Charles Matthews, it's funny. Yeah, he goes from a, basically a pariah in a week – uh, to being the guy who's setting the tone offensively. Uh, I think that new, the new kind of uh, whipping boy, so to speak is Jordan Poole, who right now, like he, he just looks broken, man. Like he is as broken as it gets. I have some stats yeah. here uh, that I did. I did. Hey, I did math over the weekend. How about that? Shot up me. Um, Jordan Poole in his last wow. 11 games is 41 for 116 from the floor. That's 35%. And he's 17 for 64, 26% from three. We know, this, this is not, good. we know how talented he is. And he is a guy that when he's on, he is their shooter. Like he, he is their best outside threat. You know, the, the big, um, the guy, you know, that's the guy, I, d- despite all that, like he's the guy who at the end of the game, I want, I want him taking that last shot, like the Houston game uh, from the tournament last year. But, It's not just that he's struggling. I think that he's pressing right now too. I mean, you look at him play and um, he just looks Mm -hmm. unsure of himself. He hesitates. He's, he's taken NBA distance, three pointers. Like buddy, you're, you're not Steph Curry. You're not clay Thompson. Like, and I think that there's been a little bit of an effort to get him some easier hoops, because I think that a lot of times you just need to see the, it's like, uh, you know, what a guy in baseball is in a slump and, maybe you make hard contact, but you hit it right to the third baseman. Like you need to get them, you get some better looks and you feel good about yourself. But right now it's just, it's quite frankly, a little bit of a disaster. And we know, I feel, I still feel like at some point he's going to bounce back in a big way when it matters most. I think it's very beneficial to them that they're going to get like four or five days off here now before they go play at Minnesota. And mind you, it's a quick turnaround to play against Michigan State but I feel like we're on the cusp of him maybe breaking out. I I think I need to see a game with some evidence of him turning the corner, but right now he just looks unsure of himself, and he's not quite that same guy right now. Hasn't played well in 11 or 12 games.
1: No, I'm, I'm with you. I did see just a little bit, just a little bit, uh, it, him looking a little bit better on in the second half against Maryland. He didn't do anything amazing, but he seemed a little bit more comfortable with the with the ball in his hands. He wasn't really forcing shots. Uh, it could be the start of something. You know, sometimes to to go back to your baseball analogy, to break out of a slump, sometimes all it takes is an infield single, and before that, you're hitting home runs. And I think Poole is. I'm not even saying he's the best player on this team because he hasn't played like it. But I think if there's one guy in this team that's capable of going for 30 in a game, I would say it's him just because of how streaky he is. Um, He's uh, he's almost not quite as annoying, but almost starting to remind me a little bit of what Zach Irvin was like uh, at points in his in his tenure where he would go long stretches where he would just force shots and he would look lost. And then he would have a game where he would just he would be clutch. He would drive to the basket. He would hit mid-range shots. He'd hit threes. Uh, I think Poole can still be that guy. Um, I think Brods Dacus is still struggling a little bit with pressing as well. Um, well, he had his moments against Maryland. Uh, he goes away for long stretches. He played horrible against Penn State. Uh, I think one guy, that, the guy who I think is going to be the X-factor – for this team going forward, along with Charles Matthews, uh, is Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers, man, it is a lot of people talk about John Teske, and is yes, John Teske probably is the most improved player on, on this basketball team, but to me, Isaiah Livers' growth as a defender has been extremely impressive, and I think if things continue the way they have been with pool struggling with Brads dacus struggling i that knowing that you have a guy who for most most teams is capable of starting and on most teams would probably be a guy who would be a go-to guy who puts up 10 to 15 a night coming off the bench i think it is a huge benefit and he's no longer uh I don't even know if he ever was, but he has definitely developed into a plus defender as well. And I think he's, he's one of those players who's done a lot of little things this year, even when he hasn't been scoring that have gone unnoticed. And I think, uh, I think he's going to be a key to this team's success. I just think
2: forward. it needs to coming up on Thursday, man. Uh, the one thing I'm worried about is looking ahead to Sunday for these guys. Obviously it's a huge game on Sunday. You're probably competing for a regular season, big 10 championship, but at least, you know, keeping yourself in that race, you know, with Purdue right there too, but uh, going into the barn, going to Minnesota, uh, Minnesota teams that's going to come out with some confidence because they think if they had a couple extra minutes, uh, they probably could have beat you. They, They probably think if that game goes to overtime, they win against Michigan on the road. So you can't look past this game. Every game counts down the stretch here and you're really building for another run, you know, for another Big Ten tournament run and for another run. In the NCAA tournament, like this team hasn't found their stride yet. Yeah. Like, I'm worried that their stride was North Carolina and Villanova and Purdue. And then things things started to change a little bit when they went on the road to Northwestern. Like, I'm, I'm worried that other teams have caught up and maybe even surpassed Michigan, you know, at the top tier. In college basketball and on the landscape, so they have to try and find their stride a little bit. And like you said, Anthony, there's not a good three-point shooting team. I mean, they're 171st in the country three-point percentage, and that's just the, that's just the way that's just the way it's going to be from now on. They're not going to magically start hitting shots, you know, regularly. They're just they don't have a ton of good shooters, which is unlike a John Beeline team. But that, that's just kind of the way it is moving forward. So there there is a cause for concern there, but at the same time, defensively, uh, hard to imagine. If they come out and and play like they want to defend, like a Penn State game won't happen. It it really just felt like they were not in that game mentally from the very start. I agree with that.
3: And I think that while offensively, I don't think that anyone will say that the Maryland game was a good showing by any stretch. But I will say early on in that game, it's pretty apparent to me that, this team is just going to be better if they're able to get out and run because they're half their half core offense and their outside shooting is a disaster right now. Um, and John Beeline, I thought this was interesting after the game even admitted that if he could go back to the summertime or, or to training camp when, when they were working on things and developing, he wishes that he would have put more of an emphasis on the transition offense because he said they, they just haven't been good there and that's his biggest regret right now. So uh, he, they, he hammered that hard after the Penn state game. Uh, we saw obviously um, flashes uh, definitely a step in the right direction there. Um, he said that, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, the, the, running those three man weave drills and, and knowing where guys are going to be and getting out. And, Cause I do think that I think that this team has the ability to make up for their lack of the outside shooting with their athleticism because at all five positions in their starting lineup, I feel like they're, at least better than average, athletically speaking, mm-hmm. with their, you know, things like that. Um, and I almost wonder, I know we're, we're, we're still waiting on, well, I'll address I'll Minnesota first. Let's just say this. I will be very concerned if they come out and I'll just say even struggle in that game. If they struggle, definitely if they lose, I'm going to be very worried because it's too late in the, you know, we're in late February now. By the time they play this game, it'll be February 21st it's too late in the game now to do the one step forward, two steps back type deal. Not with what's still on the line, Mm -hmm. not with two more games against Michigan Mm -hmm. state, not with, you know, Purdue nipping at their heels. Like if this is, if this is a good team and a championship caliber Mm -hmm. team, this, this needs to be a turning point. Penn state needs to be the turning point for them. And, I mean, just take a look back
2: to last year when Michigan started to hit their stride. It was they didn't lose a game from February 11th to April yeah. 12th. And they still so haven't, they still haven't they, lost two games like,
3: in a row since then either, which is very impressive.
2: Right. So they they still have, because where do we stand today? The 18th today. So it's like like they haven't, like if that last loss is Northwestern, if they start to find their stride like last year, they're going to be just fine. It's just this Minnesota game, like you said, Anthony, is going to say a lot. Uh, And one thing I wanted to mention that it's been stuck with me for quite a while when I watch Michigan shoot. So I don't remember which game it was, but they did a feature uh, on Michigan like practices. And the fact that they use uh, they have these like machines installed in the practice facility that judges the arc of each shot that a player takes and they kind of tinker with like the arc, even in season. And, and I'm going to be honest at, at the time I was like, "Oh, I don't know about that. And and then after seeing it, like I really do not like that. You know, if you've ever hooped, like it is, you don't want anyone tinkering with your shot. What well, at least when the games are going on, you know, the time for that is in the off season and maybe it's had an effect on like Xavier Simpson and his free throw shooting a little bit because he does have an uptick in that. But uh, as a net, it's kind of looking like a net negative because this was a decent shooting team early on in the year, and it feels like they've just gotten progressively worse at shooting the basketball. I just don't like the fact that they, like, tinker with the jump shots with this arc measure or thing, like, even in midseason. I, I don't think – I feel like that's been a net negative and part of the reason Michigan has some shooting lows.
1: Yeah, I'd have to look more into that before I can give, like, uh, you know a verdict on that Officially but I will say A lot of the shots That they took on Saturday se- looked Flat and uh, John Teske especially But but some of the other guys Jordan Poole uh, Simpson once or twice uh, Even Brads Dacus Did yeah, you notice
3: I did almost it was, it all was of Their misses For were mm-hmm. Short.
1: It was t- Teske had about six, yeah, Teske had about six or seven that were short. Poole had a few that were short. Uh, coincidence? Is it? Is it nerves? Is it a mental thing? Are they pressing? I I, I don't know. But that was very, very. It's it's strange to me, and it's 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 very weird uh, for a team this talented to be missing shots that badly and that short. But um, yeah, we'll just. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I mean, I I I think we all agree that this isn't a good uh, you know it's definitely not a great it's you could probably argue it's not even a good shooting team but yeah i, I think can't, we all agree that i can't speak better to the, than the arc they have been the like they, they're thing. shooters um,
3: i'm not 100 sure how that works but i will say that knowing what i know about john beeline and his coaching staff if something's not working and they need to rep something differently or like they're going to scrap it like if if there's enough evidence there that Hey, hell, this ain't just, this just isn't going to work. That they won't continue doing that. So if there's an issue like that, yeah, I I can see that being yeah. corrected. I almost wonder, I know we talk about this team hitting that, you know, we want to see them hit their stride. Maybe they don't even hit their stride before um, the end of the Big Ten regular season. I almost wonder if getting back to, um, Obviously, there were extenuating circumstances around the, you know, a couple years ago with the the plane situation and, and getting rolling in the Big Ten tournament. I almost wonder if just playing a couple games in a row, and and maybe maybe that's going to be what they need as a springboard in the tournament. Like, I don't I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. losing the big, because maybe losing the Big Ten title uh, in the regular season, like maybe that might be a spark for the postseason. I don't know. Um, but right now, I mean, it's. Uh, I, the arrow is back to pointing slightly upward. Uh, I, I still think uh, the, one of the comparisons I made um, after that Penn state game, it so felt slight. a lot like, and obviously we know how it ended with, you know, the 2016 football season, when Michigan goes to Iowa and loses like that. Didn't crush their chances at a big 10 title, but it shrunk the, the hell out of their, their margin for error. And, and that's kind of where they're at right now. So, um, hopefully the basketball team is able to pull out better than um, better than football, but uh, that's that's kind of the vibe I got from that that loss. So uh, disappointing. Like I said, n- nice win over Maryland. That is a very good team. Bruno Fernando is is terrifying as hell.
0: He's a stud.
1: He's a stud. Dude, that 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 is a good team, man. That like I really like that team a lot, and usually. I, I haven't been a huge fan of Maryland basketball since they've joined the Big Ten. I th- I found that team that had Mellow Tremble to be, uh, just a r- really one on one, not very well, not didn't necessarily gel as a unit type of basketball team. I think that's a team that could go on a run like deep into the tournament. I, I think yeah. they, they have some legitimate talent there.
2: Yeah, I, I I like I really like the Maryland team. That's why I think it was such a good win for Michigan to for them to get out you know in in the way they did and then obviously we got the big one uh coming up on Sunday so I know we wanted to do a little you know state of the rivalry here and uh this is uh, this is what we've wanted right like for so many years and it has been this way for for quite a bit or quite a long time now but it's never been I don't know, kind of like this. It's never shaped up to where Michigan, Michigan State could meet up in the regular season finale w- with a chance in a Big Ten regular season title on the line. And I actually, it, it sucks uh, about the news uh, from Nick Ward. You know, broken hairline fracture. I, I think it is. I uh, had surgery. He's going to be out probably at least until the Big Ten tournament. Like, that news sucks. I, I didn't want Jeremy Langford out either. I wanted Michigan team, Michigan's team at full strength versus Michigan State at full strength like that would be a fantastic basketball matchup and i'm not saying that it's not but i like both pieces to be at full strength but at the same time michigan's got to capitalize on the opportunity absolutely in the like, fact that michigan in,
3: state is shorthand I, I don't want to say that michigan state is on the ropes or anything like that but you have to make them feel the pain of losing one of their better players like that's that has to be a factor like it, it just has to be and if you're not able to exploit that if you're not able to protect your home court I don't know how things are going to go in that last game of the year at East Lansing. Would I rather it be flipped around? Yeah, probably, but that's not, that's not how the schedule broke down. Um, No, right now um, I think I said it. (laughs) It's funny uh, on the show we did right before Michigan state went on its little losing streak. I actually said that Michigan, it, it was concerning to me to see Michigan state peaking while Michigan just kind of leveled out and Michigan hasn't really picked it up. And state has played better since that three game losing streak. but neither of these teams right now uh, look like teams that are national title uh, contenders. Uh, I look at I look up and down at, at Michigan State's roster. like they just don't have like I know Cassius Winston has played very well. Um, but Xavier Simpson owns him and and has taken his lunch money the last few times that these teams have played so. That right there is is the matchup I'm looking for. Uh looking forward to watching uh, in Sunday's game. It's going to be so freaking rowdy in there, man. Like it's been it's been loud for games against Maryland and and some of these other teams in the Big 10, but I feel like it's going to be legitimately scary how loud it gets in Chrysler on Sunday. So Cassius Winston versus Xavier Simpson uh, is one I'm looking forward to watching. Um you know, I just Who's gonna like? Who's gonna have that moment? We think of the moments from over the years. You know the Trey Burke um, steal on Keith Appling. We think of um, you know Derek Walton Jr. as a freshman uh, going into East Lansing and just toying with the Spartans. Stauskas, Mo Wagner, just last year, what he did to uh, to
1: Nick Ward. Stauskas so scoring it's, seventeen it's, and, in the Mo second said half. Said in an
3: interview I did uh, with him yeah. in the fall easily his favorite mm-hmm. moment uh, in college uh, in terms of that rivalry. So um, who's going to have that moment? I mean, is it, could it be a, could it be a Brasdakis? Could it be a John Teske? Um, is it Charles Matthews? I don't know. I, I and mean, I look at, when I look at the two rosters, I mean, I like, I think I like what Michigan has a little bit more. I like, I feel, I feel pretty good about their chances uh, in this game, but uh you know, right now, you look at how both teams are playing. Michigan State's sitting at twenty-one and five. Michigan is uh, twenty-three and three. They're both Michigan State actually higher in Kempom. They're the fourth-ranked team. Michigan's the sixth-ranked team. Um, so this is kind of a more than I think the implications of this game are a little bit bigger than just Big Ten title. I think th- this is this is a contender or pretender type of game, and it will be two two types of games like that coming down the stretch here.
2: You know, you, you asked who you might have their moment. I'm going to be honest with you. I That's why I love the fact of, like, Iggy Brazdakis. I, I mean, you think of all the guys that you just mentioned, Trey Burke, Nick Stauskas, Mo Wagner. Like, those guys were confident, and uh, let's be honest, they they were – Cocky, I guess you could say, because I don't think I don't think cocky is a derogatory mm-hmm. term. Uh, I, I they were cocky, they were very confident in themselves, and they went out and they showed it. They embraced the fact that throughout the years and before they established Michigan as a solid basketball program, they embraced the fact that Michigan State w- was really the top dog in the state when it came to basketball and they embraced the fact that they were wearing the maize and blue and they went in East Lansing and they wanted, you know, to, to make their footprint. I know Trey's thing didn't happen in East Lansing. The steal obviously happened in Ann Arbor, but Nick blowing kisses to the crowd. Mo Wagner would put Nick Ward on his butt, you know, uh, with the behind the back dribble, Derek Walton with the big. And well, I, I still see Derek Walton, you know, I, I can still picture it the, after the and one, looking right into the camera. I mean, those, Those are the moments that where you make your like college career. You know, I think I think Iggy is cocky enough and confident enough to be the guy that can come out and do that.
1: You know One moment I think we're forgetting, and I think it's I would say the game that turned the entire beeline era around 2011 Zach Novak. Yeah. Stu Stu Douglas is three and Zach Novak haven't, you know, hitting six threes in that game. Um, there's been a lot of yeah, a lot of huge moments in this rivalry and recently at least a lot of big moments for Michigan. But I'm look, I am a a a competitive a, and uh, SOB, right? And I want my team to win. I like and I I understand the angle of like like Luke what you said it, this is what we want the these teams you know at the height of their powers in the top 10 I don't I don't want that I I really don't I I want you guys to think about this when it like in our lifetimes and by that I mean like since we've been conscious not like when we were two I'm talking about well, since we've been preteen years let's say starting when has there ever been a year where Michigan was good in basketball and Michigan State wasn't. There really hasn't. At the very least, they, they've they either both been good or both been bad. I, I would love to have one year where I don't have to worry about them. And mm-hmm. I, I really – I just – I find it strange that in basketball, it's looked at more this way than it is in football. Like, I don't think there was any Michigan State fan in football that was like, man – when we held them to minus forty-eight rushing yards, it really would have been better for the rivalry if Michigan was good. No, they wanted to win by a million. I want to win this game by a million. I, I and, and it sucks for Nick Ward. I, I it sucks for the kid. I think anyone who who wishes ill will upon him or any athlete really is is a scumbag. But when when I heard the news, my initial reaction. You could say I'm a piece of shit, but I think it was all of our reactions was, well, this is probably really good for Michigan. And then, of course, I was like, and I feel bad for the kid. It sucks. But I I, I think with the way things are set up now, with the injuries, and I, Izzo alluded to it today, and I know that refs and fan, and injuries are the two things that fans freak out about because the two things that that are not in anyone's control, really that they can point to and say, that's why we lost. Um, but injuries are part of the game. You have to deal with it. Sorry, boo-hoo. Uh, and Izzo even alluded, alluded to it today. Yeah, it's part of the game. And because of that, if if Michigan would have, were to lose on Saturday, or I'm sorry, on Sunday, and Nick Ward were at full health, I, I would – come on here and I'd be like, you know what? I got to tip my cap because I guess Michigan State's just a better team. They're not a better team without Nick Ward. They're not better than Michigan. There's really, there's at their best. There's no reason Michigan shouldn't win this game by double digits. And and it's, a people say that is some slight against MSU. It's not. They're missing two of their three best players. You take two of the three best players off of any team in the country, they lose most games against an elite opponent, elite opponent by 10. So uh, it's. Obviously a game I'm fired up for, if you can't tell already. And I think it's a game that this week, Michigan has to go 2-0. If um, if if there's if they want to win anything this year, if they want to get back to even close to being where they were a season ago, they got to go 2-0. And really, I would say 2-0 fairly convincingly. Uh, or else... Yeah, maybe this team's just. Well, I I do want to okay. say
2: you know you made the comparison in football, and I think the you know the obvious thing in football compared to basketball is a single loss in the regular season can derail an entire season, where whereas in basketball it's not the That's case. Right. That's why I like to see it. That's why I like the intensity of these matchups. But you're right. I've never I've never really seen it to where Michigan has a really good basketball team. Michigan State is a bad basketball team in the same year. So I guess I I don't I don't know what that feeling is like. You know, so I I can't say whether I would enjoy it or not because I, I don't know if we'll ever see that. Uh, to be
3: quite honest with you, and if if not, I'm okay with it. You, you know you know what though I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and dissect the you know the you know, the state of each team and the injuries. Like, guess what? It's a rivalry mm. game. It's at home, and there's a lot on the line. Win the goddamn game. Thank you. Period. Like that's what it boils down to. It would be the way it would be that way. If Michigan state was 21 and f- 21 and five coming into this game, it'd be that way. If they're five and 21, you need to win games to win the big 10 title. You need to, you, you need to get rolling here. You're at home. You haven't lost there all year. I, I can't even, I honestly can't even remember the last time I yep. lost there. Well, I, was it the Purdue game last year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I think I was there. Um, Win the goddamn game, period. Protect your home court, get rolling. I feel like this is a team that has kind of played to the level mm-hmm. of its competition, and to its to their credit, they've when they've played the best teams on their schedule, they have not only played well. You know, Villanova, mm-hmm. North Carolina, Purdue, they absolutely destroyed mm-hmm. them. So yeah, uh, this this could be what what they need to get them going, but. You know, injuries are not, I know that they're not. Michigan State won't make sense Tom about Izzo, it now, but if they he, don't win, Tom anything, Izzo has an entire
2: speech game, prepared right gonna start now in case they lose. It. Talking about injuries, like he's been doing that his whole career. Like that's nothing new; it's to be expected.
3: Yeah, and I've I have nothing I have nothing against him. Like I, I know I know there's like some of the scandal stuff from the last year or so, like. <sighs> I'm not going to go into that. As a coach and, and what he's meant to the game of basketball in the state of Michigan, I respect the hell out of him. Um, I think that to a certain extent, I think that the game of modern basketball or the, or the state of college basketball today is kind of passing him by, especially you know, Michigan State isn't really getting – They've, they've missed on a lot of one and dones well, and, and Yeah, but this is know.
2: this dude, is when Tom Izzo's at his best, though.
3: That's I just, was okay, never too.
2: scared of Tom Izzo the last two years when he had top recruits. Like, this is when Izzo makes his Final Four runs. Like, right. I, I, I've, I've mentioned this many, many times. Yes. Like, how many NBA guys has he yeah. had on his Final Four teams? Like, is Shannon Brown the best Michigan State player to make a Final Four? Like, best NBA player, I mean.
1: Like, is that the guy with the? Oh yeah, Dr- I mean, yeah right 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 Draymond right, right. I
3: guess yeah well, I, I mean about. Draymond is the one
1: and I mean I guess there's I mean like the 99 to 01 era they, they had a bunch yeah. of NBA guys I mean they had Jason Richardson Morris Peterson like maybe. but but I'm right I know what was, I'm, I know what I'm you're talking saying. like
2: that's, since we're talking uh, about that's yeah. almost 20 let's years say, ago now like go back to like 2009 you know like who, who are the best play Kalen Lucas was like some of his best players you know in, in the past decade to to make to make a final yeah. four run who was the squad that he made uh, a final four with uh, what 2014 with like Brian Forbes and like Travis Trice 2020 20,
1: 2015 Yeah, that that was that team spent a like a large majority of the season being garbage like they just weren't very good and they made the final... F- yeah, no, which right. is why this Michigan Absolutely. State team worries me Absolutely. more than some like. Of the no other. question yeah.
2: about it. This is when Tom Izzo makes his, hey, that's why... they're. I mean, they're not out of this thing. They look like shit for a majority of that game against Ohio State and then just completely yeah. turned it on. You know, like, this is and not going to be an easy game coming up on Sunday, regardless. Right now it now don't like matter who's about, playing. You
3: know, they're, They were able to flip a switch and turn it on against Ohio State. Duke was able to flip a switch and come back on the road at Louisville. Like, I want... I felt like you, you were very close to seeing that in that Penn state game for Michigan, but then you get, you get thing with, you get it to within five and then a couple bad shots here, uh, yeah. missed a blown assignment on defense there. And you're down 12 again. So it's like, they're close. They are close. And like I said, I'm not discounting Michigan state. I just feel like a lot of people are kind of frustrated with Tom Izzo right now. Cause it's been a few years since they've done anything. And John B has kind of owned them lately so i feel like i feel like this one is more important to go out and get than they have been in a while like even even with some of the big games they played lately
2: man now i'm now you got me really worried because that's exactly what we
3: said about michigan going into ohio state you know what they're this michigan don't don't even bring those idiots into it like (laughs) yeah i know
0: but get we we have to. We got to um, talk about the spring game. Is that your
3: segue? Did I totally did I interrupt your segue? I'm sorry, a little bit. I just don't don't <laughs> listen. Don't. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call a football idiots. It still works. Idiots. It still works. You're just you're in timeout right now. But come on, this Michigan basketball has been a little better coach than than the football team is. So let's let's not go. Let's not quite go there. But continue. Don't yeah. let me. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah. And, and anyway, we
2: did have, uh, we did have that as we transition to football a little bit before we uh, answer your questions that you gave us. Uh, sounds like we've got a, a date and time for the spring game, spring game coming up Saturday, April thirteenth at five p.m. And uh, well, it, that's weather pending. I don't know what it's like down there for you guys, but we've still got a shit ton of snow and more on the way. So uh, I, I'm not sure it's going to be gone up here in April, but maybe, maybe Who's, in Ann Arbor honestly, anyway.
3: Who knows?
1: Yeah, it, it's and, and obviously the, you know they announced a date. It's first of all, it just it still just seemed like the football season ended, and two, you know that line from Anchorman when uh Champ says to Ron, he's like, "When you left, the pain was so deep," uh, it's something like that. That's kind of how I feel. Like I can't, I, I'm. I'm like in in abuse victim. Like I I'm I'm afraid to get back into football anytime soon just because I I I feel like I've seen this game so many so many times before. Uh so it's going to be like until August when I can finally be like all right. I'm I'm set. I'm ready no for question. another season. I'm ready to get hurt again as Michael Scott said. So um yeah, obviously, I know there's a lot of people yeah, get excited well, about not, it. but That was one of our the
3: podcasts after basketball was done. It was like, okay, yeah. we got this whole We're going to preview the spring game. And then they canceled it because yeah. of the weather. So um, that never happened. Yeah. Uh, spring game, I mean, you always get your your little your superstars out of the spring game. Like the one that always sticks out to me was, remember, Freddie Canteen. Everyone thought Freddie Canteen was going to be this big-time player and didn't end up being anything.
1: Yeah.
2: Or the, the Brandon, the Brandon Peter spring game very yeah, sticks out to too. me a
3: lot. Uh, I don't know. Like it's, it's necessary uh, to get, like it's a necessary process for college, for college football team. Um, I think Michigan fans have, I mean, Michigan fans will usually come out like 50, 60,000 strong for that. Uh, but they don't, they don't pack it, pack the place like, like Bama does or Ohio state does. Um, especially with it being free, but I'll say this little bit weird on the start time five o'clock on a Saturday. Um, that's the beginning of uh piano man, by the way, five o'clock on a Saturday, regular cloud, regular crowd shuffles in. Um, I think it's five o'clock. I don't know. I'll look that up. So, yeah. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Billy Joel, uh, I just bought, I bought a record player over the yeah. weekend. Got some, I, no, got right. some got my hands on some old vinyl it was was made myself a drink on Saturday night and listen to the stranger by Billy Joel. Fantastic album. But, uh, yeah.
2: Well, well, all right, then no, <laughs> Stepping into the vinyl world. Look at you, man. What's, what's just old is new again
3: experience I've had in that world already. Whew. Like it is, I'm gonna waste a lot of money on that stuff. But mm-hmm. you can go, like you go to the record store. There's you stuff for five or six bucks. Like it's a pretty. It, it's it's cheap. You know what? I may just stop drinking. Like it's cheaper. Oh man, than going it's to awesome. So, uh,
2: well, you don't have to stop drinking. You yeah. just buy your we'll own booze and listen, bar. like but you just said. I, I guess mean, you don't have to go too far <laughs> to tie it Not all up. Five o'clock you. on a
3: Saturday. The spring game will be <laughs> over by. I don't know, seven, thirty <laughs> eight o'clock, whatever it is. It won't be that long. We'll do, you know, do the media stuff, do the wrap up stuff. And then by the time that's over, probably eight or nine o'clock. That's like prime time to hit the bars in downtown Ann Arbor. So it's not like a night game where you get out of the press box at one o'clock in the morning or a mm-hmm. noon game where it's like, Oh, games over at three 30, uh, five o'clock we're out of there. Uh, what now that's, that's, that's might be able to make a little evening out of that is all I'll say. So, yeah. Um, uh, I'm kind of just
2: hoping we see like a skeleton version of the new Gattis offense. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just give me some, give me a little taste. Just give me a little taste. Give me a little taste.
3: Just give, just give me a little. Well, okay. I'll say like this, like I, I don't want to like, obviously don't want to see every, it's like waiting for an Avengers trailer to come out. Like, just right. give me enough to be excited right. for this, this thing that's six months away. Like that's all I need. Just a little taste. Yeah. I don't need to see, you know, plot points or, or any of that. Just, just give me, just give me a little something, a little nugget to chew on. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, you No, know, not, uh, I don't feel strongly about it one way or another. I saw that, um, you know, this is a tweet courtesy of the, uh, the Harbaugh podcast. So uh, they said they're, might be some sort of fan fest. I don't know what that's going to be all about, um, but hey, maybe, maybe some. I don't know. Who's to say Mason Brew doesn't have some sort of fan fest? Who's to say? I, I can't. I couldn't possibly comment. I'd be down for that. That's really all I have to say on the I, spring game. I don't know if you guys like. Have I else said, on man. That. I I just want no, a little got, taste
2: of the new Gattis offense. That's it. That's that's all I want. Well, if that's the case, should we just move on to the questions then?
3: Yeah, there's only a few. I uh, did ask for a few. A uh, little disappointed from the, a uh, little disappointed in the participation this time around. But we'll take what we can get. Um, you know, can only worry about the people that that are, you know, It's like they said in Hoosiers, right. so my team's on the floor. So right. Um. Uh, so I'll just – how about we do this? I'll read them off. You guys can answer, and then I'll give my take sounds and read the next question. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. All right. This one is from Tristan Hoff, uh, at Hoff underscore Tristan 21. He says uh, – I think there's a typo in here, so I'll kind of paraphrase it. He says, what do you think are realistic odds for Michigan when the NCAA tournament run, – run, ah, when the NCAA tournament comes around, how far do you think this, we will make it? This is team? a
2: tough one, man, because – it, 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 Michigan, the shooting lows concern me like a lot Their and their pace concerns me. Their defense is really good. Like this Michigan team, like I hate to say it, but feels like Virginia of years past. You know what I'm saying? And let's be honest, Michigan last year would have been the same way if it wasn't for Jordan Poole hitting the miracle shot against Houston. They're not making it to the second weekend. Yeah. Realistic odds. um, I I think their ceiling is Final Four. I don't think they're going to have the offense uh, to compete with with a Duke or or even a Kentucky that's looking like right now. Uh, I think those two got to be the favorite uh, as you roll along here. Uh, But outside of that, I think Final Four is is probably the ceiling for this team. But uh, don't be surprised if they don't make it to the second weekend. I hate to say that, but. It, it's kind of the shooting wolves are going to catch up with them at some point. I truly believe that.
1: I'm, I'm pretty much in complete agreement with you. I, I, I mean, there's still so much basketball left, you know, they, they could all of a sudden the, the shooting could, you know, all of a sudden improve immensely. Um and, and, and they, start playing like a, a team that could get back to the national championship game but yeah I, I I don't think it's a team that I could see getting bounced in the first round just because I think their seeds gonna be too good and I think they're too well coached um but yeah I, I would say they're they're a team that's capable of of making the final four a team that's capable of losing in the first weekend I would say realistically uh, I would say anything and a lot of it depends on who who they're playing as well but anything other than Elite 8 would be a disappointment. Um, But realistically, I think, probably in the Sweet 16 Elite 8 range would be uh, where I I would suspect they'll end up.
3: Yeah, my personal, I think I talked about this with Sam over the weekend uh, when we did the little post-game spiel. I feel like... My personal expectation is that this this basketball team needs to play four games in the tournament. Yeah. Play four games. If you, you know, if you if you lose that fourth game, based on what we've seen, I think I can kind of live with that. Um, I'd be disappointed because the the final fours in Minnesota this year, and I have family out there. We we'll love an excuse to get back out there. U.S. Bank Stadium is amazing; like it, it's, it's it's so cool. So I'd love to be able to get out there for that. But um, play four games, and I think anything from there is gravy, uh, in my opinion. So uh, thank you, Tristan, for that question. We'll go to our second question. We actually did have three. Um, One of them was asking about rumors about not having a spring game. So I think (laughs) the guy missed the tweet. So there's a spring game. We just talked about it. Um, This one is from – we're going to football now. So put on your thinking caps for football. Uh, This is from U of N football junkie at Michigan FB 23. What do you think the defensive line depth chart will look like next year? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to step in and alter this question because that's impossible to tell right now. I will ask though, how, who do you guys feel like is in line to replace Rashawn Gary and chase Winovich?
2: Uh, I think obviously I think Aiden Hutchinson, who was getting some time last year, you know, uh, as a freshman it is right in line there. He was what a four-star recruit coming in four or five, st- four-star, right? I believe coming I in. Really- yeah. Uh, but he, but he saw the field like as a freshman coming in, he's a big kid. Uh, what I think Rashawn Gary said, he's even like has more tools or more physically progressed than even he was when he was a freshman. So I think Aiden Hutchinson obviously is right there. Who, who's going to step up. And, and then from there, uh, Obviously, who who had a couple of good games uh, when he was rotated in. I think those those two are the guys. And just for name alone, because I, I don't really know how good he is, I want to see Luigi get some time. But but definitely uh, Quiddy Payne and Hutchinson are, are two that are in line. And that's why uh, I, I think Michigan's defensive line is going to be just fine. They're not going to be as good as a couple of, you know the the last couple of years past. But but I think with with Payne and Hutchinson stepping in, I think they're going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I, I those are pretty much two names I was gonna say. I, I I guess if I had to choose one who I think will have the bigger year, I would I would guess what he paid just because I, I've seen more of him. Uh I thought he really came up you know, came into his own in the latter portion of last season. So uh yeah, I those those are kind of the two names that come to mind right away. It's it's still it's still way too early to, to kind of make uh, Projections—you never know who's going to step up, and that is one thing that you can kind of take away from spring games—is mate, you know some of the younger guys who who you know at least early on, who are kind of the projected guys that that Harbaugh and staff are looking at to possibly you know fulfill some of those spots that are going to be that they're going to lose um, to the NFL draft here in just. A few yeah,
3: minutes. I don't disagree with any of that. Um, I'm not worried about their defensive line or, or any of that. Um, if it's one. Like, give me two star two star kid, three star kid, five star kid. I'm pretty confident that Don Brown will develop who's ever there. Uh whether he chooses to play more zone defense or not this year remains to be seen. Um but yeah, I think that the defense will be just fine. I think we, we're all pretty we've all been pretty upfront that that this program's trajectory pretty much hinges on how successful Josh Gaddis is on the offense and uh Josh Gattis, who got his First little official uh, introduction to Michigan basketball at, at Chrysler uh, over the weekend. He was re- operating the t-shirt cannon, and it malfunctioned. So let's hope that that's not a uh, sign of things to come, so to speak. But uh, uh,
2: and I'm also really glad. You know, you go take a look. Like this, just made me kind of go take a look at at the roster uh, just to see it a little bit. And they lost a lot, but I mean when you think about it like they they're gonna even have some death depth because you know you obviously talk about um mozzie Smith coming in being ready to play but Carlo Kemp did a really nice job last year filling in Michael Dwumfour, for like they're they're gonna have some depth along this defensive line I've gotten kind of makes me optimistic
3: yeah that's I, I think there's reason to be I mean I'm not they're gonna be right there in the mix again like they're going to whether they rip your Heart out of your, you know, rip your heart out of your butt again is remains to be seen. But, yeah. um, uh, if anything else, I th- I'm pretty cut like they're gonna be in the mix, like towards the end. Um, uh, the schedule just plays out for them that way, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not quite ready, I'm not quite ready to go there yet. Uh, skip. So, um, uh, those are the only questions. Um, hopefully next week you guys will give us more questions. Yeah, always send them in. Uh, at maize and brew at brewcast show at any of our uh twitter ats whatever whatever your little heart desires
2: um oh well speaking of which anthony i i, I think we're we're about everything we needed to cover right
3: yeah unless anyone had any final thoughts i mean you know i'll if you get me on something i will be here another 10 or 15 minutes so <laughs>
2: Well, I was, I was just thinking since you were just naming, you know, a couple at's ads and you never quite gave them, I was thinking this was a perfect opportunity for you to tell us where we can find you on social media. Oh,
3: see, well, I was, I was oh, nice. teeing you up. I already messed up your, your <laughs> transition from basketball to football. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony T broom. Um, what the hell is my Instagram again? That's going to be the name of my memoirs one day. What the <laughs> hell is my Instagram again? Eight, uh, I believe it's AT broom. You'll find me, you know, you know what my ugly ass looks like, so.
1: All right, uh, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at castellanin E L L A N i am also uh, back on Snapchat since I got my new phone. Same name as my Twitter handle. You can see my ugly mug on Instagram. That's Castle 95 That's C H R I S C A S T L E. Give me a follow on all those platforms and uh, hope to see you on my feed.
2: And you can find me on Twitter at Luke Ghiardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. And also make sure you go and follow the Brewcast Show Twitter page at Brewcast Show. Uh, hopefully going to be doing some tweeting for that for at, for at least, you know, the Michigan State game, if not both Minnesota and Michigan State this week. I promise we're going to hop on that thing and and continue to, to interact with you folks. So make sure you go follow it at Brewcast Show. Follow me on Twitter. Follow the Mason Bruce uh, Twitter page as well. And uh, also, I think everything, everything's on Facebook, too. I know at least Mason Brew is as well. So it's been a fun show. It's rivalry week. It's state week. I understand they got Minnesota first, but it's state week, damn it. So it's been a fun show. For my co-hosts, Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Giardi, and can't wait to recap the week next week on Brewcast.